You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to jump in right away, as always, on the injury front. And there is huge news on the injury report as star running back for the Cleveland Browns, Nick Chubb, is out for the season after suffering a gruesome knee injury on Monday Night Football against the Steelers. Kevin Stefanski said after the game that he was done for the season, even before MRIs and everything. And if you saw the replay, you can see why. It was a terrible injury to see. Wish the, for, wish the best for Nick Chubb. Hope he comes back better than ever next year. But until then, the Browns are going to have to turn to Jerome Ford as their main running back. And he's going to be one of the top waiver wire priorities this week. And I'll touch on more of that later. But in against the Steelers, Ford was really productive. He ran the ball 16 times for 106 yards and caught three passes for 25 yards and a touchdown. Cleveland is going to try to establish the run game a lot with I mean, this is a team that likes to run the ball. Deshaun Watson has been struggling for them. They're going to have to turn to the run game. Jerome Ford is definitely going to be one of the highest um, waiver wire priorities. I do think this is going to be a team that's going to add veteran help. The main name that's coming out right now is Kareem Hunt, who played on the Browns last season. Definitely, I could easily see him coming in. And if that's the case, he'll likely, I mean, I think Jerome Ford would probably get like 65% of the touches. He'll be probably like an RB2. But Kareem Hunt, or whatever veteran they add in, is definitely going to make it so he doesn't get that RB1 value that Nick Chubb was getting. But again, Jerome Ford, going to be the main running back for the Browns. They, they really like him. He, I mean, you could see why in their last game, Nick Jerome Ford looked really well, real, looked really good, excuse me, and Ford is going to be a really good running back coming forward for your fantasy team. So as we go through the rest of the injury report, there is many other notable injuries to discuss. So Deontay Johnson, who was hurt last week in Pittsburgh's week one loss against the 49ers, they put him on the injury reserve. So he's going to be out for four weeks. And that definitely hurts the Steelers wide receiver depth. But for fantasy purposes, this definitely elevates George Pickens as he showed last night on Monday Night Football. He had a sensational game. And then even though Allen Robinson didn't have a stronger game, he's still going to be a guy that could be a flex option, especially for this next week against the Raiders. I'll talk more about that later. Jalen Waddle in the Dolphins' Sunday night football game against the Patriots sustained a concussion. He is now having to go through concussion protocol after taking a hit to his head in the Dolphins' win. So, I mean, that's definitely going to be something you want to monitor. If he's good to go, you play him. And if he can't, Tyreek Hill is still probably the only Dolphin wide receiver that you're going to want to start. Tua, maybe you knock Tua down in the quarterback rankings a little bit. But still, if you have Tua, you're probably starting him. He's been very good this this year. But just if you have a Jalen Waddle, just want to monitor that to make sure he is good to go. Amari Cooper, after sustaining an injury in practice last week, and they're like he was questionable for the game. They weren't thinking he was maybe going to play. He He played. In Monday Night Football, and there's, he's still questionable, but 
I think he's going to be good to go next week. Amari Cooper is definitely going to be a starting wide receiver for, for you. Low-end wide receiver, like a mid-range wide receiver, too, for your team. Saquon Barkley is going to be out for what they're saying is about two to three weeks with an ankle sprain. But they're saying it's just an ordinary sprain. So, he, I mean, they're saying that he's questionable, maybe could even play this Thursday night football football game. Now, I don't think the Giants are going to do that. This is their franchise guy. You think they're going to probably say better safe than sorry. They're probably going to arrest him this week. But, I mean, he could be back for next week. So, if you have a Saquon, if you're... Saquon Barkley manager definitely want to monitor how that goes, and I'll, and Matt Breida is going to be the main guy that's going to probably take over this Giants backfield, but it's definitely going to be by a committee, and I'll touch again more on that when we get into the waiver wire part of the show. And Joe Burrow, they're saying he re-aggravated his calf strain that kept him out of training camp this entire season, and while they're saying it's like day to day. This is kind of the reason why Joe Burrow's, I mean, I think why Joe Burrow's been a little bit, for lack of better words, not as productive so far through the first two weeks of the season. Again, if you, I mean, this is definitely going to make it. So if you have Joe Burrow on your team, you're definitely questioning whether you should be starting him or not. Now, for his long season, long term season outlook, I think Joe Burrow's fine. Once he finally gets healthy, he'll be, he'll be. Back to Joe Burrow, we know. But again, this could be like a situation like the Justin Herbert situation last year where the injury just kind of holds back his play the entire year. He's not going to be as productive until maybe he can get into the offseason and really try to rest that calf. But I mean, if they keep going and he never can really fully rest it, he might not be as good of a fantasy option for fantasy managers. But again, it's Joe Burrow. You're probably going to be starting him if you have him. Anthony Richardson, after leaving week one early, also left this last week early in the Colts win over the Texans. They're saying he sustained a concussion and he did not return. So he is in concussion protocol. Definitely going to want to have to monitor that if you have Anthony Richardson on your team. But he has been sensational through two weeks. He is definitely a starting caliber running back, excuse me, quarterback for your fantasy team. And you're likely starting him if you have him on your team. Devontae Adams left the Bills game after being evaluated with a concussion, and he is going to be going through concussion protocols. But after the game, Josh McDaniels says that Adam, Adams is good following his evaluation. So definitely going to want to monitor that again if you have Devontae Adams on your team. But he should be good to go, and you should be good to go with starting him. And then for the Lions, David Montgomery lost the, left the Lions' loss against the Seahawks at the end of the game, and he was carted to the locker room. And they're saying that he could miss a couple weeks, but then Dan Campbell said that he's day-to-day right now. So definitely question marks around David Montgomery's availability. If he's unable to go this week, Jameer Gibbs is definitely going to get a increase in touches and snaps. But Craig Reynolds is going to be the guy that's probably going to take most of the snaps, David Montgomery snaps and goal line snaps. Definitely going to be good for Jameer Gibbs, but don't expect a huge boost in volume for Jameer Gibbs. So let's now dive into the waiver wire pickups, who you need to be trying to pick up. With these injuries, there's going to be notable guys on the waiver wire that you are going to want on your team. So I'm going to list five right now that I think are pretty obvious of guys you want to be picking up i'll name them here kyron williams the rams running back that's going to be the top priority if he is still on your waiver wire that is the top guy you want to get cam Akers was a healthy inactive in the rams last game and kyron williams is going to be the main rams running back and he has been 
excellent for the Rams after scoring 17.4 fantasy points for them in week one against a great 49ers defense. He had 28 fantasy points. He had 14 carries for 52 yards, rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, had six catches for 48 yards. That's what's going to make him such a good option is that he is so involved in the passing game. So if you're in a PPR league, Kyron Williams is going to be the top priority you're going to want to get. But if you're in a non- if you're in a non-PPR league, Jerome Ford is probably going to be the guy, the main guy you're going to want on the waiver wire this week. Jerome Ford is going to be taking over for the injury injured Nick Chubb. While the Browns could add outside reinforcements such as Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers' name is kind of being brought up in, in some reports. Jerome Ford is going to be the main number one running back for them. The Browns really like him. He was really productive in their Monday night football game against the Steelers. Definitely a guy you want to be trying to add. Zach Moss, I had him as a waiver wire ad last week. This week, definitely want to be adding Zach Moss. He was excellent in the Colts' win over the Texans. Zach Moss, starting after injuring his arm in the in, in the offseason, not playing in week one, got the starting role after Deion Jackson was play, didn't play too well for the Colts. He got all the snaps and a volume he had 18 carries for 88 yards and a rushing touchdown along with four catches and 19 receiving yards so he is going to be an rb2 for you as long as jonathan taylor is not playing for the colts again he could come back as early as week five but again he has that impending trade request the future of jonathan taylor definitely up in the air so zach moss is going to be a guy you're going to want to pick up now, now, Tutu Atwell is my number four priority that you need to be trying to get. Again, he likely got scooped up after his great game last week, but if he is still on your waiver wire, Tutu Atwell is definitely going to be a guy you need to be looking at. He, After having 17.9 fantasy points in the first week against the 49ers, he followed it up with 15.2. He's just been really productive. Six catches for 119 yards in, against the Seahawks in week one, and then seven catches for 77 yards in their last game against the 49ers. Tutu Atwell is going to be, he's hes not going to be getting the volume like Puka Nakua has been getting, and he was the huge waiver wire pickup last week. Huge win if you were able to pick him up. But Tutu Atwell definitely still going to be a high-end wide receiver three. I, I think he's like a wide receiver three for your fantasy team. Definitely can be starting him in your flex. My last guy I want to talk about, and this is maybe a name people aren't talking about as much, is Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry right now is the number two fantasy tight end as of right now. Travis Kelsey, again, he's been dealing with injuries, and you know the tight end position is always just so depleted. Hunter Henry has stepped up and scored a touchdown in each of these first two weeks. In his first week against the Eagles, he had five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown for 16.6 fantasy points. And then in his second week, he had six catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. So very, very even numbers. Hunter Henry, while I don't expect him to be the number two fantasy tight end by the end of the year, he's still a starting tight end, even if you're in a 10-team league. 12 team, even in an 18, he's 18 league. He's going to be a starting tight end. He should be a starting tight end in your league. He has been so productive so far. While he has competition for touches with Mike Isicki, Juju Smith-Schuster, Bourne, Devontae Parker, all these guys, Mac Jones is looking his way in the red zone. And that is what is making it him such a good option is that he's finding the end zone. If, I mean, I'm not expecting him to score a touchdown every week, but if he is going to be getting all those red zone targets, he's definitely going to be a good 
play at the tight end position with how depleted it is. But I now want to get into more guys, maybe lesser known names that people aren't talking about as much. Tank Dell, the wide receiver for the Texans, is what is my fifth is my sixth priority, excuse me, on the waiver wire. He just had a huge game for the Texans, had seven catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Tank Dell is definitely the Texans' deep threat, take the top off the field. He has showed that he wants to prove all his critics wrong, and he has been doing just that. He is definitely going to be a guy you're going to want to add. Again, he's got competition in Houston with Nico Collins. He played outstanding. I'll touch more on him later. Nico Collins played great. They have Robert Woods, who's kind of serving as that safety net for C.J. Stroud. But this, this, I mean, who would have thought that the Texans' offense could maybe sustain three viable fantasy options? Now, again, I think Robert Woods is like a low-end flex, definitely like a fringe fantasy boy. But Tank Dell and Nico Collins are showing that, I mean, Nico Collins definitely is a guy that you need to be starting if he's on your team. And Tank Dell is showing that he might be able to do that with his explosive ability to take a top off the defense another guy i have on here is Jaden reed the packers wide receiver again with the injury to christian watson and romeo dobbs has got, got a little banged up jordan reed has been fairly productive for the packers reed in their last game played pretty well he had 19.7 fantasy points four catches for 37 yards and two touchdowns now again you're not expecting to score two touchdowns all these weeks, but Jaden Reed is definitely a guy you want to be looking at on this waiver wire. As the Packers, I mean, he maybe could turn get if he gets a rapport with Jordan Love, he could turn into his main downfield option with Christian Watson right now dealing with injuries. He kind of dealt with injuries last year as well, so we'll see if he can overcome those injuries. But until then, Jaden Reed is definitely going to be a flex option for your team. But a guy I really want to touch on is Allen Robinson. This is a guy that just isn't getting enough hype, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying he's like this huge play in fantasy. Everyone needs to be starting him. But he's definitely like, I have him as a wide, high wide receiver three this this week as they play the Raiders. The Raiders defense, as if you don't know, isn't too good, especially in pass coverage, or basically everywhere. They're just such a flimsy defense. Allen Robinson, even though he didn't play too well against the Browns, it's the Browns defense. Their defense is so good. Allen Robinson, especially with Deontay Johnson on the IR, is going to be a high wide receiver three play at the position this this week definitely a flex option for your team want to pick him up if you are needing options with all these injuries that are coming through another guy i have on there is josh reynolds for the lions now i'm not expecting this production to like completely keep up as they're gonna get jameson williams back after he is done being after he serves a suspension but i mean you can't look at these numbers and not be intrigued. I mean, in his first game, he had 12 fantasy points, four catches for 80 yards. They're like, yeah, that's okay. This last game against the Seahawks, five catches, 66 yards, two touchdowns. It's definitely, my main take on this is right now, he is a flex option with Jamison Williams, not in the fold. And he still might be a flex option when Jamison Williams comes back from his suspension. He might be able to keep this role. But if you have Jamison Williams on your roster, this definitely intrigues you this should intrigue you because if Jamison Williams can get this role he can be this productive if Jamison Williams can win that over that role over Josh Reynolds this is definitely intriguing if you have Jamison Williams on your roster so this should definitely be lighting the eyes of Jamison Williams fantasy owners 
Matt Breida is my next guy you need to be adding. He is an add now that Saquon Barkley is likely going to be out this week. Now, again, I have him as a very low-end RB2. He's going to have to probably find the end zone if he's going to be productive for you. As I mean, he's going to be competing for touches in that Giants backfield. I mean, not only do they have Matt Breida, but... Gary Brightwell is the younger running back that might, he, they, the Giants might turn to him within Saquon Barkley's absence. Matt Breida, I think Matt Breida should be the main priority for your pickup as he has more experience. The Giants, I think, trust him, but just know that Brightwell might also be a guy you want to maybe stash in case he's the guy that gets the touches over Matt Breida if the Giants want to go with the younger option. Another name I have on here that just I feel like I haven't heard anyone talk about is Chubba Hubbard. Chubba Hubbard, the Panthers' backup running back, who, I mean, I wasn't high on at all coming into this year just because I, I thought Miles Sanders was going to get all the – thought he was going to get all the touches. It was going to be just him in this backfield that was going to be getting touches that were meaningful. I thought Chubba Hubbard might just be like the change of pace back, but he wouldn't really be anything for fantasy. I mean, while he hasn't blown you away with the fantasy numbers, he's like, he's just like a thorn in the side of Miles Sanders right now. He's just like, he won't go away for him. And this intrigues me because if Miles Sanders were to get hurt, I think Chubba Hubbard would be an RB2 start, like a starter throughout the week. I'm, I don't think he'd be like a fantasy week winner by any means. But like if Miles Sanders would get hurt, Chubba Hubbard would be the main guy for the Panthers and he would definitely be a starter throughout all leagues. And I mean, right now, even with Miles Sanders in, he had 8.9 fantasy points in the first week and 10 in the second week. In this, in the first week, he had nine carries for 60 yards. That's how he done, done most, of, most of his damage. But in the second week against the Saints, he only had two carries for 16 yards. But it's what he did pass catching. He had five catches for 34, for 34 yards. So, I mean, he maybe could be, like, in a pinch when we get going through the bye weeks and you have players and you're having to find new options. Chubba Hubbard could be, like, the low-end flex play for you that you need during those bye weeks. And I think there's upside there, too, if Miles Sanders does go down. So I think Chubba Hubbard is going to be a guy that you need to be picking up, maybe even over Matt Breida, as Matt Breida is definitely going to go back to no fantasy value once Saquon Barkley comes back. So as we keep moving through my list... Another guy I want to hear is Tony Jones. The Saints backup running back where after Jamal Williams went down with the injury, he was pretty productive for them. Now, I mean, he had 12 attempts for 34 yards. That doesn't blow you away, but it's the two touchdowns he had. He has that goal line value. He could, he's definitely going to be a flex option before, as before Kamara comes back. I don't think they want to go to uh, Miller yet. The rookie running back that they drafted in this last draft but I think Tony Jones is definitely going to be like a flex option for your team if you need a starter this week so Tony Jones could be a guy that you might want to look for for this week my last guy I have for my waiver work home is Jake Ferguson the Cowboys starting tight end and while the numbers aren't going to jump out at you and what he's done so far it's just the potential that he has this Cowboys offense this Cowboys team in general has just dominated these last two weeks, dominated the Giants, dominated the Jets. They haven't had to throw that much, which has hurt Jake Ferguson. I mean, they just haven't thrown the ball that much. Once this team gets into 
more closer games Dak Prescott's having to throw, I think Jake Ferguson is going to be a starting option at the tight end spot. I think Jake Ferguson, there's, I think he, I think he has more talent than Dalton Schultz did before, and he was starting tight end in fantasy for managers last year. I think Jake Ferguson is an even better talent. While he was mostly a blocker last year, he's completely taken over that tight end one role. Dak Prescott has said good things about him all offseason. Jake Ferguson's definitely going to be, if you need a tight end and you're looking for an option, Jake Ferguson's a guy that has a lot of potential. All right, so with week two in the books for the NFL season, we're going to go to my favorite segment of this show, and that's my five winners and my five losers from this week two. And my number one winner I have from week two, and honestly, just this season, is Puka Nakua for the Rams. Who would have thought Puka Nakua on a team that, I mean, granted, Cooper Cup got hurt. Even after that, I mean, who would have thought this Rams offense return is so pass heavy that they can have that they would have the number two fantasy wide receiver overall and that guy's not cooper cup it is puka nakua he has averaged 26 fantasy points through these two weeks he had 21.9 fantasy weeks in week one and 30.1 in week two in this last week he had 15 catches 20 targets 20 targets that is just insane 15 catches 20 targets 147 yards to score 30.1 fantasy points he didn't even score a touchdown and he scored 30.1 that is just insane the amount of targets and yards that he's gotten he is breaking records for rookies he has been a huge winner for the rams and your fantasy team if you were able to pick him up after week one he probably likely won you your matchup not for me though because my running backs didn't do, do didn't do too hot, but I did pick him up on the waiver wire, and he has been excellent. But the main point I want to touch on Puka Nakua is he's going to sustain a role even when Cooper Cup comes back from his nerve injury or whatever he is dealing with. Even when Cooper Cup comes back, I think Puka Nakua is still going to be a flex option. Like the, a guy's not going to go from getting targeted twenty times in a game. For, for in, in catching 15 of them for 147 yards, he's not going to just go from that to being nothing when one guy comes back, even if it's Cooper Cup. Like, he is going to, I think he has found a Rappaport with Matt Stafford. He is going to be the number two wide receiver in that offense when Cooper Cup comes back, and he's still going to be a flex option for you. Again, when Cooper Cup does come back, that's probably going to hurt Tutu Atwell more than Puka Nakua. I think Puka Nakua is going to just, he's going to be, He's, done. he's just been so dominant. The Rams just can't, like, all of a sudden, oh, we have Cooper Cup. We can only throw to Cooper Cup now. Like, you've seen the Rams are spreading it around so much. Tutu Atwell has been so good. Puka Nakua. I think this is an offense that's going to have two startable fantasy options at the position. And I think when Cooper Cup comes, right now it's Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. When Cooper Cup comes back, it's going to be Cup and Nakua. Puka Nakua has been a huge fantasy win. Just this entire season, if you were able to pick him up, you should be feeling pretty good right now. My second winner from week two is kind of a name I wasn't expecting to be reading this week, and that's Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson going against going against the tough Denver rush defense played outstanding. He had 18 catches, not 18 catches, 18 rushes for 87 yards and two rushing touchdowns. He was just absolute absolutely dominant on the ground for the Washington Commanders. 
help them pick up the win over the Denver Broncos. He has been a huge draft steal so far. If you have him on your team, again, I, I he's definitely, I'll get into this more later, but he's definitely probably a sell high for me because this is like crazy, crazy value. But again, I mean, he could be a guy that you might want to keep on your team. But the only thing I want to say about Brian Robinson Jr. is that, yes, he has completely taken Antonio Gibson out of this offense. Antonio Gibson is just, I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he's, he catches a few passes or whatever. He's getting all the rushing value. He is the only viable fantasy play in that backfield. But I do want to say, in the championship weeks for your fantasy team, so if you're just thinking ahead when your team is going into the fantasy playoffs, his last four matchups are at the Rams, at the Jets, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. Those are tough matchups. Like, those are all tough matchups. I mean, I still think he's going to probably be, like, a startable option during those weeks. But, I mean, you can't expect, like, him to be scoring this much when he's going against all those. But, I mean, again, he did just show it against Denver. He scored 28.9 against a really good Denver defense. So, maybe I'm wrong. But... Brian Robinson, I definitely think he'll be a sell-high candidate this week, and I'll touch more on that later just because of all the tough matchups he's going to have when you get to your fantasy playoffs and because his value is just so high right now. Definitely a winner after week two. My third winner from week two is DeAndre Swift. Now, DeAndre Swift, when Kenneth Gainwell was on the injury report, they said he wasn't going to play. I just had a feeling that... DeAndre Swift was just going to manhandle that Vikings offense. I mean, not a Vikings offense, the Vikings defense, the very susceptible Vikings defense, and he did just that. DeAndre Swift was just absolutely dominating against the Vikings. After only having one carry for three yards in the Eagles' opening game, 28 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Like, that's just crazy. Along with three catches for six yards, I mean, that that added some value too. But, I mean, that's just crazy how much volume he got. I mean, again, when Kenneth, if, if slash when Kenneth Gainwell comes back, he's probably going to just be like an RB2. I, I think Kenneth Gainwell isn't going to come. I, I I don't think there's any way the, the Eagles can come back and just like make DeAndre Swift just like last week and just not have him part of the offense. After what he just did, there's no way they can do that. And Keith Gainwell is going to be involved in this offense. They like him. It's going to be a split. I just think DeAndre Swift is just the more talented back of the two. It's just injury concerns with them. I think they're trying. I mean, I don't think they want to be giving the ball 28 times. But, I mean, against the Minnesota Vikings, it was working. They were so dominant. There's no reason not to give him the ball. He was so good in week two. Definitely, if you were DeAndre Swift manager, you are probably sweating a little bit after week one, being like, oh, here we go. He's not going to be getting any volume, any work. After week two, you are more than happy. My fourth week two winner is Kyron Williams. Again, I touched on him earlier. The Rams running back, who is now the starting running back in L.A. after Cam Akers was a healthy and active, and they're looking to trade him. He was so good for the Rams against the 49ers. 14 carries, 52 yards, rushing touchdown, touchdown reception, six catches, 48 yards. He was just dominant all around. Definitely a huge winner. If you drafted him in the later rounds of your draft, you have just got to be 
so happy that that play worked out. I mean, I I wasn't too high on Cam Akers. I did think he was going to be like a low-end RB2. But again, I mean, there was this questions with, is he going to be the starter even? Like, is he even going to be the starter? It's turning out, no, he's not even, he, he's, they're not, they don't even want him on the roster right now, which is just absolutely crazy for where they drafted him the few years back. Kyron Williams, though, going to be the main back in LA. Definitely going to be, I think, I mean, with how good he's been, he's probably a high-end RB2 for me right now. I don't, I don't want to get too carried away. I mean, the Rams always love to run the ball so much against the 49ers. I wouldn't expect this much production week in and week out, but Kyron Williams is definitely going to be a high-end RB2 for your fantasy teams. For your fantasy team going into these weeks, definitely going to be feeling good if you have Kyron Williams on your roster. My last winner I have on here is Mike Evans. Man, Mike Evans has this completely... I mean, he's just completely proven me wrong. Mike Evans has had just two absolutely amazing weeks to start off the season. Mike Evans scored 29.1 fantasy points in week two. After scoring 18.6 in the first week, he's caught six catches in both weeks, 66 yards in the first week, 171 yards in the second week, caught a touchdown in both. Mike Mike Evans has just been so dominant. And I mean, I wasn't expecting him to just like not even be a fantasy starter, but it's definitely crazy that like he looks even more productive right now with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. Now, again, I don't think he's going to probably keep this up and I have him on my sell high list and I'll get into more of that and get into more of why later. But Mike Evans has just been a huge deal in fantasy. People were saying he's like a wide receiver three. I thought he was just a wide receiver three, but I mean, he's just been so dominant. He is the number four fantasy wide receiver right now. And if you drafted him, he's definitely been a steal. And I'm going to do something a little bit different this week. I have an honorable mention for the win because I could not. I had six guys and I just couldn't cut out any of them. These guys were just all so good this week. I couldn't cut any of them out. My last winner I have is Nico Collins, the Texans starting wide receiver. Nico Collins right now is the number six overall fantasy wide receiver. Now, this is absolutely crazy for where he was being drafted. He's being drafted like in the 140s. 130s, 140s, and he has just been so good. I mean, this Texans offense is right now sustaining three startable wide receivers, fantasy wide receivers. Like, that's crazy. 14 fantasy points in week one, 27.6 in week two. He had seven catches for 146 yards and a touchdown. Nico Collins is going to be a high-end wide receiver three for your team moving forward. I'm not expecting him to be scoring this much every week, but again, he's playing for the Texans, so they're going to be playing the Colts the Jaguars, and the Titans. None of those are good defense. They're going to play those teams five times this year. So Nico Collins has good matchups coming up. He played, I mean, yeah. He, he, I mean, he also plays against Atlanta, Arizona. I mean, these are all just such favorable matchups. Nico Collins is going to be a high-end wide receiver three for your team. I couldn't leave him out of my week two winners. So I have six week two winners. Don't sue me. But now, we have to get into the week two losers. Definitely not feeling good if you have any of these guys on your rosters. Although, one is... No, we'll just, we'll just dive into it. <laughs> Brees Hall is my first week two loser. And, I mean, I don't think it's too hard to see why I have him on this list. He only had four carries 
in the Jets' loss against the Dallas Cowboys. And he went on Twitter and tweeted four football emojis signaling that he only got the ball four times. Obviously, wasn't happy. Only had four rushing attempts for nine yards. Only had .9 fantasy points. Now, last week on this show, I said that Brees Hall was going to be a fantasy winner. Like, like a fantasy league winner. Like, he had a chance to be that good. And then he went and did this. Now, again, I'm going to discredit the Cowboys' defense so much because the the Jets were just behind the entire game, so they just felt they just had to start throwing. And then when Zach Wilson started throwing, he started doing Zach Wilson things, and it just made it worse, and they were just even more behind, and this made him throw even more, and just he just completely went out of the system. It's not like Dalvin Cook did any better. He wasn't taking any volume. It wasn't that. It was just the Jets just didn't run the ball. I do not expect that to be that way moving forward, but this definitely makes Brees Hall just a sketchy fantasy play for this upcoming week. Again, I have him as a buy low because, I mean, I think eventually he's going to be like a high-end RB2 or a low-end RB1. He just isn't right now. But again, he's definitely, it's going to be hard to talk yourself into starting him this upcoming week. But again, you might not have any other choice. Definitely not what you were looking for for Brees Hall in week two. I still believe in him, but week two definitely dampened my expectations. My second week two loser is Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is he's really in danger of losing his starting role to Jalen Warren. Najee Harris just hasn't, he just hasn't been that good. He only had six carries in the Steelers' week one win, and that was kind of an oddity because the, the Steelers went behind so fast in that game that they had to just start throwing it in an offense that, that doesn't want to throw the ball. But then against Cleveland, he still only had 10 carries for 43 yards. One catch. Didn't even get any yards on that catch. I mean, when you just watch the Steelers, he just doesn't look that good. Like, Jalen Warren, the the Steelers' other running back, has just looked so much better. In their last game against the Browns, he had 12.6 fantasy points, six carries for 20 yards, already more productive. And then he had four catches for 66 yards. He's just so much more explosive in space. Now, again, I think the Steelers are just like, they drafted him in the first round two years ago. They don't want to just bench him. But, I mean, Najee Harris was like a fantasy league winner in his rookie year. And then last year, he kind of performed. He was kind of a dud. Wasn't terrible, but he wasn't great. Definitely not where he was being drafted. Definitely was a bust. And then this year, he's just even less playable. Like, he's going to be losing time to Jalen Warren. Definitely, if you were a Najee Harris fantasy owner, you should probably be worried. My next week three, my next week two loser is Cam Akers. And he's just a loser because he, he didn't even play. He was a healthy inactive in week two. Lost his starting role to Kyron Williams. The Grams are now looking to trade him. I'm expecting, though, that they're not going to be too successful in trying to trade him. Unless they are just not looking for much at all in value, even then, teams aren't going to want to take on his contract. I'm guessing he's likely going to be cut, and he could get signed by a team like the Browns, the Ravens, Buccaneers, like all these teams that are kind of looking for more running back depth. He could find his way on one of those teams. I definitely think he should be a starting running back in this league, but just the Rams, for whatever reason, don't believe in him. And I mean, Sean McVay has said good things about him, but he's just, he's just not playing. He's definitely, if you 
bought into Cam Akers stock. You should definitely be worried right now. But again, maybe you're excited because if he f- goes to the Browns and he wins that role, it takes kind of that Nick Chubb. Or I'm not saying he's going to be Nick Chubb by any means, but he, like he takes on that starting running back role. He could be really good. Like he could be an RB2 for you. So, I mean, again, this Cam Akers didn't even play in week two. Definitely a week two loser in fantasy, but. I mean, again, the tra- I mean, the impending trade or release is a little bit intriguing if you do own Cam Akers. I definitely wouldn't say don't cut him from your fantasy roster. You want to see how the situation plays out. So my fourth week two loser is Justin Fields. Justin Fields, just after being the QB six last year, getting more weapons on offense with the D- with DJ Moore coming in, has looked worse this year somehow, some way. I mean, I, I'm not going to put it all on him. I mean, you, when you watch the games, Justin Fields just doesn't look that confident throwing the ball. But, I mean, his team has definitely not helped him out. But he only had 14. He only had 14.74 fantasy points in week two. Threw for 211 yards. He had two touchdowns, but it was the two interceptions that did him in. Only had 14.7 fantasy points. He has definitely been a disappointment for people that was saying that he had a chance to be the QB1 this year in fantasy. I definitely was kind of on the hype train. I wasn't ready to go that far, but I was definitely on the hype train saying he was a top six QB option. Right now, it's looking like it might be more like fringe top 10 fantasy option. I mean, he just, it hasn't been too impressive so far. He's playing the Chiefs this next week. That has a chance to maybe be a shootout if the Bears can stay in it. Even if they don't, they're going to have to start throwing the ball. So, I mean, Justin Fields, I still see him as a fringe quarterback play this upcoming week, but he has definitely not been what fantasy managers thought he was going to be. And my last week two loser is Damian Pierce for the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have just gone completely pass heavy. Damian Pierce just isn't even, I mean, he. I mean, he's getting the ball a decent amount. I mean, he got the ball 11 times in week one and 15 times in week two, but it's only produced to 6.7 and 5.5 fantasy points. He's just not even been startable. He's in a he's in a running back committee room with Devin Singletary in there on a team that is throwing the ball a lot with C.J. Stroud, and he's looked great. C.J. Stroud has looked the best out of all. I, I want to say C.J. Stroud has looked the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks so far this year. Maybe you say Anthony Richardson and fantasy Anthony Richardson has been better, but I'm just saying from like actually watching the games, watching CJ Stroud play, he has been the best quarterback out of those quarterbacks, out of all the rookie quarterbacks. He has been so good for the Texans, but that's been come at the expense of Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is, I mean, he's getting the carries, but he's just not being productive behind this Houston Texans O-line. Damian Pierce definitely not what people thought he was going to be. I wasn't high on Damian Pierce coming into the in, coming into the year. They gave Devin Singletary money. You just had a feeling that he was going to be used more than you would like if you were Damian Pierce fantasy owner. And he has definitely been a disappointment for your teams. So we're now going to wrap things up as we always do on the show with my trade advice. I'm going to give my buy low candidates and my sell high candidates. My first buy low. Same as last week, Jameer Gibbs. The Lions, as the season moves on, are going to give Jameer Gibbs the ball more and more and more. Try to buy in on Jameer 
Gibbs fantasy stock, especially with David Montgomery dealing with an injury. Jameer Gibbs has a chance to be a huge role in this offense. My second buy low candidate is Javante Williams. And while the numbers may not jump out at you as he hasn't topped 10 fantasy points yet this season, he is the number one running back on that Denver Broncos offense. No questions asked. He just hasn't gotten the volume quite yet. I think as the season moves on, they're going to ease him into it the same way the Jets are easing Brees Hall into it, which I have him on this list. Javante Williams, I think at the end of the year is going to be a high end RB2 or low, a low end RB1. I think he has a chance to be a low end RB1. Definitely shot a buy in on Javante Williams stock. My third buy low candidate is Brees Hall for the same reasons as Javante Williams. Even though he was a week two loser, only had four care, only had four carries for nine yards. He's still just so talented in the Jets. If they're going to be good, are going to have to run the ball. If they're going to win games, they're going to have to give him the ball. They're going to have to run the ball. This is just, it's just how they're going to go. If they're going to win games, that's what they have to do. So definitely try to buy in on Brees Hall stock. They just can't keep leaning on Zach Wilson like this. They're going to have to eventually give him the ball. He's going to be a high-end RB2, I think, for fantasy managers. My fourth buy low candidate is Trevor Lawrence. If you're looking for a quarterback to try to buy low on, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is your guy. While he hasn't, he he had a dud against the Chiefs, didn't even have a single touchdown, only had nine fantasy points. I still think he is such a talented quarterback. I believe in him more as just a talent and a player than like a Justin Fields. And he has better, has a better offense around him. He has a better coach, a better team. He's gonna eventually start producing. He's just off to a little bit of a slow start. I think Trevor Lawrence showed last year what he could do. And he's going to be even better this year. Try to buy in on Trevor Lawrence fantasy stock. And my last buy low candidate is three candidates. I have three wide receivers that I think are for the same reason. So I put them all on this list at number five. My three buy low candidates I have at number five are AJ Brown, Jalen Waddle, and DK Metcalf. These are all guys that haven't quite produced yet. DK Metcalf has produced probably the best out of all of them, but these are all wide receiver ones that haven't produced like it yet. Try to buy low on all of these guys. Try to take advantage of their little bit of their slow start. And if if your fantasy owner of any of these guys is a little worried about any of them, which he shouldn't be, if they're worried at all, try to buy low. And if you need a wide receiver, these are the guys you want to try to buy low on. But now we're going to go into my sell high candidates. All these guys have produced so well so far this year, but it just seems unsustainable. My number one I have on this list, and it was just the first guy I thought of when I was doing my notes for the show, is Drake London. Week two, this is now your chance to get out of Drake London stock. If you bought into his stock, this is your chance to get out. He showed last week why you don't want him on your team. And now he showed this week that what he can do, it's just not going to be what he's going to do consistently. Drake London is a guy, after scoring 18.7 fantasy points, you want to try to trade Drake London, try to sell high on him. Him and Kyle Pitts just are low-end, tight-end one, wide receiver threes. I just, B. John Robinson is the only must-start on this offense for me. I just I don't like Drake London. Not not as a player, just in this offense. The Falcons just don't know how to use their talent correctly. I mean, I'm being I'm just being honest, they don't. I would try to sell high on Drake London after his good performance this last week. Mike Evans is my second sell high candidate. Mike Evans has been the number four 
fantasy wide receiver overall this year. He's been absolutely outstanding. But again, he is competing for targets with Chris Godwin. And as you may know, Trey Palmer, Nebraska, former Nebraska wide receiver. Sorry, I'm a Husker fan. Had to bring that up. But again, I mean, he's competing with targets with Chris Godwin on a team that likes to run the ball with their young running back in Rashad White on an offense that's led by Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to buy that Baker Mayfield can sustain Mike Evans as a wide receiver one. I'm just not going to. I think he's going to be a wide receiver two. I think he's going to be a high-end wide receiver two, but he's not going to be the high-end wide receiver one that he's producing at right now. Try to sell high on Mike Evans. My third sell high candidate, which is like, if you had to tell, if, if you wanted me to say who's the one guy out of all these guys, the biggest guy that if you have him on your roster, you need to trade him. It's Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert is, but he's been playing good. He's been playing great. He's been exactly what the Dolphins needed so far. But again, Jeff Wilson on the IR is going to be coming back in two weeks. This is offense that drafted a rookie running back in the third round, Devon Achain, very talented running back out of Texas A&M. And this is also a team that has been involved in the Jonathan Taylor trade rumors. If Jonathan Taylor gets traded there, neither Raheem Moster or Jeff Wilson are going to be fantasy options. And when Jeff Wilson comes back, he's going to go again to like that low end RB2, like very, very low end. Like, like it's going to be kind of like the Ravens running back situation where like you're going to have to fall in the end. They're going to, one of them is going to have to fall in the end zone if they're going to be good. I would sell high on Raheem Mostert right now. If people are thinking he's going to be the main running back for the Dolphins, try to sell high on him. Try to capitalize on the production he has brought to you so far. My fourth sell high candidate is DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift has had a heck of a game. Absolutely amazing game by DeAndre Swift. He played so well for the Eagles in their win over the Vikings. But again, Kenneth Gainwell was hurt during that game. So DeAndre Swift has got all the carries. When Kenneth Gainwell comes back, he's not going to just be a non-factor. This is a team that likes Kenneth Gainwell. It's going to be a split between DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell. I see them both as low-end RB2s. I think DeAndre Swift, it, again, it's going to be, again, like whoever falls in the end zone is going to be the fantasy guy. It's, it's going to be one of those running backs. Like More and more teams are going to this where they have two guys, and they're just going to go running back by committee. I would try to sell high on DeAndre Swift for people who think that he is one over the main running back role. I think he's probably, it's probably going to be like a 60-40 split. DeAndre Swift will probably get 60, Kenneth Gainwell maybe 40. That's what I'm going to guess. But again, that's not going to be enough for him to sustain like a high RB2 role. Like it's going to be very like up and down production. If he falls in the end zone, he'll be good. If he doesn't, he won't be too well. Try to sell high on DeAndre Swift. My last sell high candidate is Nico Collins. Nico Collins has been amazing this year. CJ, he's been CJ Stroud's top target. But I just I'm not gonna buy that CJ Stroud's gonna turn that gonna turn in a guy that wasn't even startable last year into a like high wide receiver, high end wide receiver too. Like I just I don't see it. I, I do think Nico Collins is like a high end wide receiver three, but if like someone is really, really like trying to buy in on the Nico Collins, which, I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to try to be training for Nico Collins. I'm just going to say when fantasy man, when people see that, oh, he scored 27 and 20 in another game, like people love that. Try to trade Nico Collins right now when his value is super high. This is an offense that has Robert Woods and Tank Dell on it. Two guys that are going to take targets away. 
And this is a team that's going to run the ball with Damian Pierce, even though he's not being too effective right now. This is still a team with a 40, the old 49ers defensive head coach, a team that won, the 49ers were a team that runs the ball a lot. I think the Texans are going to maybe try to embody that a little bit, even though I think they trust CJ Stroud a lot. They're going to have him throw the ball. I just don't think Nico Collins is going to be able to sustain this success at all. Try to sell high on Nico Collins. And with that, we're going to wrap things up here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for listening. I'll be right back here next week recapping week three of the NFL season. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to tune in next week.